Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the third chapter. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them, saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved son, or you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, I'm sure this is all news to you, but I am the second child of three boys. That's right, I am the dreaded middle child. Some say that those of us who are middle children can feel out of place since we don't have the pressure put on us that firstborn children typically do. At the same time, we are not the beneficiaries of the special treatment that the youngest children often receive from their parents. As I sit here preaching in front of Carl Rohr, I'm thinking of Carl as the oldest and his brother that I know all too well as the youngest. I, I, uh, I worked with Carl's brother, his la- like he retired when I was there, and his role as the youngest child was still, like in his 60s, very clear. <laughs> anyway, all that being said, I'm still not sure that any of this is true. The assessment of placement and all that. However, my familial location amongst my siblings did mean that I looked up to my older brother in unique ways when I was younger. Since he was four years older than me, it seemed that he got to do a lot of cool, fun things long before I did. Whether it was playing in sports, learning to play the drums, or later on getting to drive a car long before I could, he seemed to have a lot going for him when I was growing up. I would often think, if only I could do what Evan could do, then life would be awesome. Now, I'm not sure how much I ever really got to tag along and jump in on my brother's fun, but there was one instance that I clearly remember being able to be in the mix, so to speak. Every summer for five years of our childhood growing up, um, our immediate and extended families would take a week-long vacation to Big Sand Lake in northern Minnesota. Of course, my parents and brothers were there, but we had the unique opportunity those summers to spend time with cousins, uncles, aunts, 
and their grandparents as we all fished around the lake catching perch, northern pike, and the occasional walleye. These were fun vacations that we all remember fondly, even though I often felt left out as a younger brother who watched his older brother and older cousin get to take boats out on their own and be trusted with all sorts of opportunities that I missed out on. <laughs> I remember distinctly watching them get to go out on their own and then return with big catches of fish from the special inn on the other side of the lake, far from where I could ever go by myself. So on one of these vacations, I begged and I pleaded with my parents that I be included in my older brother and cousin's excursion across the waters of northern Minnesota. That is a sure way to earn your street cred as younger brother, right? Get mom and dad to fight your battles for you. <laughs> well, on one of these trips, it finally, it finally happened, guys. By force of my parents' will, I was allowed to tag along and boat across the lake with only my brother and cousin in charge. Sure enough, they messed with me the whole time. And there were points when I thought they just might leave me out in the middle of the lake all by myself. Uh, for instance, when we got up to speed, they unscrewed the drain plug in the back of the boat made sure I saw it. <laughs> of course, seeing the open hole in the boat while we're out in the middle of the lake, I freaked out. They knew, at least at that speed, we were fine and the water would more or less keep rushing under the boat. But they made sure to watch me squirm. Jerks. <laughs> Still, even though I was the annoying tag-along brother, there was something to being there with them, to at least be included. Though they used it as a moment to pick on me and get under my skin. Thankfully, they never did leave me out in the middle of the lake as I feared. And when we arrived back on shore, I could say that I was in on the fun for once, even if it was at my expense. Being well acquainted with what, feels like, what it feels like to be a younger brother, I often feel that we are all kind of like a younger brother to Jesus. We are not really mature in the spirit to warrant a seat at his table, a place in his boat, or whatever else we might venture to do for fun with our God incarnate. Yet still, we plead to be included nonetheless. It is kind of like we know we are too young, too immature, too imperfect, too broken to be included with Christ's heavenly perfection. But that doesn't keep us from wanting to tag along anyway. It is not lost on us, at least most of us, that we are like the younger brother, longing to be a part of the divine fun. Christ is cooler than we are, and we will always know it. This dynamic, the dynamic of Christ's ways being far better than our ways and Christ's thoughts being far higher than our thoughts, <clears throat> is, is represented in kind of a roundabout way in our gospel passage for this week. 
The younger brother role is played by John the Baptist, who's so beautifully displayed on this tapestry there. He was an impressive individual, so much so that the, peop that the people were amazed by him. They thought that John himself might be the long-promised Messiah that they had hoped for. Uh, in fact, there's still a dwindling religion in the world that uh, worships John the Baptist as the Messiah, and not Jesus, to this day, thousands of years later. But knowing that he was not, John responded to their praises of him as the potential Messiah, saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John was well aware of Christ's presence among them, seemingly before anyone else was. Furthermore, he looked at the coming Messiah with awe, much like a younger brother looking at his older brother and saying, he's so cool. John recognized that he could never measure up to the worth and wonder of the Son of God who walked among us. Whereas John merely baptized with water, Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire, even separating out good and evil, as they were, though they were chaff being separated from the cherished grains of wheat. From the very moment he broke onto the stage of his adult ministry, in the waters of John's baptism. Jesus was the cool big brother that everyone wanted to hang out with, no matter how much cooler he was than them. Realizing this can lead us to ask, as John the Baptist does himself in another gospel, why did Jesus come to be baptized by John at all? I mean, if he really is like the cooler older brother, wouldn't being baptized by John lower him somehow? Furthermore, John's baptism was for the forgiveness of sins, a baptism of repentance. If Jesus never sinned as we Christians believe, why did he need John's baptism in the first place? Well, to answer that last question first, it is pretty obvious in our lesson for today that the Holy Spirit met Jesus in a unique way through his baptism. The Holy Spirit came down and rested on Jesus as a dove after he was baptized and, praised and prayed. So even if Jesus did not need to baptize, uh, John to baptize him, something eternally significant and powerful happened when he did. Hopefully, that should be sufficient for us to trust that God did something huge through this baptismal event. The questions remain around Christ's divinity and his need for one such as John, a man like a nagging younger brother who wanted to tag along with his cooler older brother when he came around. Why did God consent to this arrangement for his baptism? Well, first off, as I pointed out before, John's role as a messenger of humanity was priceless in how he testified to the true nature of the Son of God as a man of flesh and blood walking in our midst. I mean, it is still hard to believe, right? 
This guy from Nazareth saying he is God? Crazy. Still, John testified before Jesus even arrived on the scene that this Messiah was indeed coming and his worth would be beyond compare. John also shows us, though, how we are indeed unworthy, like a pesky younger brother or sister. I know that's hard for some of you to hear, especially your older siblings out there. (laughs) But we are that, and God gives us a seat at the table anyway. Though there would have been no way for John to be worthy of the honor that God bestowed upon him. God chose him to baptize the son anyway. Similarly, though we have no way of earning God's grace, God's favor, God's goodness, or God's love, God chooses to be generous, kind, merciful, and loving towards us in spite of all that we lack. Jesus did not come to John to be baptized in order to prove how awesome John was. Jesus came to John as an act of benevolence. Benevolence to him to elevate him beyond his station as a simple fellow sinner. In the example of John, we are able to see that Jesus is like the cool brother who lets us hang out in the cool places with all the cool people, even though we are not really worth it. Even better, Unlike my boat excursion along the, around, across the lake with my older brother and cousin, we do not need to plead with mom and dad to make Jesus accept us. Jesus already does, no matter what. Even though he is far beyond our level, Jesus chooses to hang out with all who will have him, making a way for us to do so, beginning with our baptisms through the end of our days. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.